Cruise Radio is brought to you by InsureMyTrip.com. Travel insurance done right from the people who know travel insurance. Find out more at InsureMyTrip.com. Broadcasting from the InsureMyTrip.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida, this is Cruise Radio. Hey, what's up? I'm Doug Parker. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of Cruise Radio. If this is your first time listening, well, thank you so much for being here. It really means a lot. And we have a lot of back episodes for you to listen to. Just find us online or on iTunes, CruiseRadio.net. On this show, you know, the Panama Canal turns 100 years this week. I'm recording this on August 12th, 2014. So a 100-year anniversary, we'll have Sunny Lockwood on the program. She wrote a book called Cruising Panama's Canal to kind of celebrate the 100-year anniversary. So uh, looking forward to talking to Sunny a little later on in the program. And we'll also get a listener question on Carnival Sunshine, and Stuart Sheeran will answer that. But first, let's check out the cruise news with Stuart Sheeran, the cruise guy. What's up, Stuart? Hey, Doug, how's it going? Now, uh, overnight last night, you and I were both up into the wee hours of the morning checking out the big float-out of Royal Caribbean's Quantum of the Sea. So she's, uh, she's freshly in the water now, huh? Well, she's, she's been in the water for you know some time, but she's been indoors. So right. it's actually interesting, Doug, that, quote, Project Sunshine has now seen sunshine for the first time. <laughs> right. And it was it was really quite quite a scene. And I mean, you and I were up till like, what three o'clock in the yeah. morning, uh, watching video from around the world, sharing pictures uh, with people that uh, you know in Germany. And I mean, it was quite a thrill to see you know this eleven hundred and forty foot ship uh, make its way out of the uh, out of the covered building that it's been uh, under construction. It's so cool when it was docked after it was floated out with the tugboats and pushed to the pier. Did I see them loading up a big like a big bear or something up there? Yeah, they they put the bit the bear uh, which is on the uh, starboard side of the ship. And did you notice they uh, also had to lift the smokestack uh, cover on over the ship uh, because they uh, the ship the, this is the the tallest ship ever built by Meyerwerf, mm-hmm. that uh, they didn't have room to be able to uh, hoist the smokestack uh, cover over. So that was something that they did uh, pier side today. And the exciting thing is that you know we're able to watch this on streaming video as all these events are happening. I mean, we can go online. In fact, I think on cruiseradio.net that uh, you'll include a link so people can watch the progress of Quantum of the Seas as uh, you know her for construction. There's still a lot of work to be done. Very good. And then other news, Norwegian Cruise Lines debuted their all-inclusive package, but uh, you have a different name for this package. What is it? Well, I'd actually call it a more inclusive package. Okay, why? Well, because you know, all-inclusive means that everything on board the ship is going to be included. As we know from the details, it's not all going to be included. There are limitations in a lot of these different areas. But uh, you have to you know, weigh the options of whether or not this uh, $900 package uh, for, let's say, seven-day sailings uh, is, is very worthwhile. I mean, you think of that's $1,800 for the cabin, let's say, based on two people, and they believe that it has a $2,400 value. If you use all of the features that they're including, you could save up to $600. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're getting one of the the higher end suites, it might be very, you know, you might be able to break out even better because the for the $899 per person, 
they are going to you know, right off the bat give you 10% off the cruise fare. They're also going to give you the ultimate dining package, the ultimate beverage package, a, a $200 per person shipboard credit, 20 photos of any size. And you, you know these photos at, let's say, 20 bucks a pop can, uh, can add up. Yeah. I, I think people are going to jump on this just because of the chocolate-covered strawberries. <laughs> <laughs> You'll get a bottle of wine. Now, I know this is a big favorite of yours, uh, one bingo session. Oh, my gosh, yeah. Sign me up. Let me ask you this, Stuart. So if you were staying in the Haven on one of the ships versus staying in a balcony stateroom or an ocean view stateroom, would one category stateroom have more value than the other? Well, when let's say, just for example, let's say it's $5,000 a person. You're going to get $500 off right there. Okay. So now we're just trying, how do you get, you know, how do you make up with that extra, that the remaining $399? Well, the, the dining packages, the beverage packages, we didn't even get to, Doug, yet the uh, prepaid uh, service charges, mm-hmm. uh, which are also included. And they also give you the 250 minutes of internet. So you just have to weigh whether or not you need all that to determine whether or not this is a good value or you're better off going with the just the traditional package and, and not worry about it. Is there a break-even point on this package? Um, well, I mean, the, minus the, all that alcohol, but the, with the other amenities? Well, no, you have to include the, the drinks, the, the sodas, uh, and, and everything in there to determine whether or not it is going to be valuable. If you are going to be drinking a lot, you take the gratuities. You know, what is the, you know, let, let's say for the average seven-day for a regular cabin, that's $84. You know, for the prepaid gratuities, 250 minutes. What is that worth? Uh, the bingo, the bottle of wine, the strawberries, you know, that whatever. Then you have the $200 in, 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 in shore excursion credits. You have to look at the itinerary that you're doing. Are you going to spend $200 per person in, in the shore excursions? Sure, right. So you just have to determine whether or not it's it's in your best interest. But it's it's going to take a lot of time in, in the, to determine whether or not this is going to be very valuable to you. Do you think you do it personally? Uh, me, probably not. No, I gotcha. Yeah, I don't think I would either. Carnival is developing a Haitian island. Now, does this have, uh, or is this anything like like Royal Caribbean's Labadee in Haiti? It is. And uh, this is on the island of Tortuga, which is uh, north, just north of Haiti, off the coast. And Tortuga is reeking in the old pirate lore and, and legends. And uh, they would be taking up uh, an area on the south side of Tortuga. Uh, it's a beautiful. It's apparently it's a beautiful island. It would be terrific for Haiti. It would create you know thousands of, of jobs, construction jobs, as well as you know jobs to to handle when the ships arrive. Uh, Royal Caribbean uh, essentially has had Labadee Haiti, uh, which they began. Uh, they, they got control of uh, back in 1968. It's been in development, continued development for over 30 years. So it's great that another cruise line is going to come in and develop, uh, you know, another another property there. And you know, like I said, Tortuga, you know, as as we we think of Pirates of the Caribbean, I mean, that was one of the most uh, you know famous islands uh, yeah. for that, and it's supposed to be absolutely gorgeous. So to see them investing about seventy million dollars, uh, I think it's a terrific move as cruise lines continue to develop these. So I guess this gives cruise lines more options and more flexibility with their itineraries then. And, and it does. And because it's Carnival Corp, it also gives you know all of their brands an opportunity to do something different. Royal Caribbean uh, has been exceptionally uh, successful with their Falmouth, Jamaica property. And, uh, I mean, this, this, this would be great for all of Carnival Corp. 
and create you know new ports that uh, they would be able to continue to develop that uh, they would be able to have ships from all of their fleets uh, experience very nice and uh looks like princess cruises orders a third royal class ship what's the latest on this well, uh, they are going. They did order a third class ship to be sister to Royal and Regal Princess. This will be uh, around similar in size to the other two. The other two are around 142. This is 143,000 tons and uh, carrying about 3,560 passengers. Uh, the, the first two ships have been enormously successful, and uh, it's it's nice to see that they're going to be able to continue the the you know the forward momentum uh, that they're enjoying right now. It's a great, it's a wildly popular brand, uh, seeped in, in incredible history. And, uh, I mean, look, they, they, could, they could fill up another few ships. Easy. It'll be interesting to see because the first one, Royal Princess, had a couple of design flaws. So they made some tweaks and modifications to Regal Princess, which is coming out here in a couple of months. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see what they'll learn from Regal for the third uh, ship they're building. Well, that's the beauty of being able to design these ships, Doug. Is that you know you get uh, you get the feedback, and you know the, do you have the ability to make uh, modifications? Which I mean, it was terrific that they were even able to add a pool mm-hmm. on Regal Princess, which uh, we all look forward to seeing uh, in November when she arrives. But uh, that they're they're doing they're, they just designed some really nice ships. Yeah, definitely. And speaking of Princess, Regal Princess is taking a, a different turn and putting a twist on traditional naming ceremonies with not a godmother, but godparents. What is the story here? Well, the, the story is Princess Cruises is preparing to celebrate their 50th anniversary in 2015. And of course, the what launched Princess into the public spotlight and really all of modern day cruising was the love boat. Mm-hmm. So they are going to reunite the entire cast. Uh, Gavin McLeod, who was Captain Stubing, Fred Grandy, Gopher, Ted Lang, uh, Isaac, uh, Bernie Capel, Doc, Lauren Tews, uh, you know, Julie, and Jill Whalen, Vicky. Uh, they're going to reunite the, the six of them, and they're going to serve as godparents for Regal Princess, which I think is a masterful, brilliant move for the line. Uh, yeah. They're going to be able to play a lot off this, pay homage to... The, the TV show that essentially you know shot the cruise you know the cruise industry to stardom and they're going to have a lot of fun with this. I have to say you know I I've interviewed a lot of people in 14 years in radio, but it was one of the coolest things interviewing Gavin McLeod on the navigational bridge of Royal Princess last year. That was like, that gave me goosebumps. A lot of fun. Yeah, it was so flipping cool. He is just an absolute. Just a terrific, terrific person. Yeah, he really is. Stuart, we have a listener question for you. Do you mind hanging on and answering it at the end of the show? Absolutely not. Look forward to it. All right, man. Talk to you in a bit. And now Jim Grace, CEO of InsureMyTrip.com, talks to us about when to purchase travel insurance. At InsureMyTrip, we tell travelers the sooner they purchase travel insurance, the better off they'll be. You can purchase travel insurance up until the day before departure, but the best time to purchase coverage is immediately after you make that first payment on your trip. Here's why. When it comes to travel insurance, only unforeseen events are covered. For example, if a hurricane is already starting to form in your area of travel, it's too late to get insurance for that storm. Also, to be eligible for pre-existing conditions waiver, which, yes, will enable the policy to cover pre-existing conditions, you need to purchase the policy within 7 to 30 days of your initial trip deposit. 
Just remember, if you buy early, you'll be better protected. For more information on this travel insurance topic and others, visit insuremytrip.com. For over 42 years, Park West Gallery has introduced over 1.3 million people to fine art. Here's what actual customers are saying. I've been collecting with Park West five, six years now. Six years. Nine years. Ten years. Everybody we meet at Park West makes you feel comfortable. You're part of their family. It is an exciting and fun experience. It is enjoyable, uplifting. Park West has been so kind to us. Park West makes us excited to spend money on art. To find out more about Park West Gallery, visit parkwestgallery.com or go to cruiseradio.net and click on the Park West Gallery icon. You're listening to Cruise Radio, part of the iHeartRadio Talk Network. Our next guest on the show wrote a book with her husband called Cruising Panama's Canal, savoring 5,000 nautical miles and 500,000 decadent calories. Sonny Lockwood is with us right now. Hello, Sonny. Thank you, Doug. Good to be here. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I love this book. One, because it's about cruising. Two, because it's about the Panama Canal. And for the folks who don't know, the Panama Canal is celebrating 100 years in August. So we'll touch more on that later. But the book here, Cruising Panama's Canal, Sonny, um, actually, this book was actually penned because of a, a life experience. Can you want to share that with us? Yes. We were, my husband and I were sitting at a red light waiting for it to turn green. And a texting driver slammed full speed into a 60 miles an hour, totaling our car, totaling her car, totaling the car next to us. And um, it's, it's amazing we weren't killed, but we were terribly banged up, and the accident ruined our summer. And it also brought home to us how fragile life is, how in a moment it can be taken away from you. You can be killed yeah. or you can be in the hospital. And we thought because of that we had better start doing some of the things we'd always dreamed of doing. Top of my husband's bucket list was seeing the Panama Canal. So we started searching around, trying to do something nice to make up for this horrible summer. And we found a cruise leaving from San Francisco, a 17-day cruise down to uh, Panama and through the canal and over to Florida, and we signed up. Nice. How long after the accident did it take you like to open your eyes and realize, hey, we need to get out and experience life? Well, it took us about three weeks. We complained mightily. We were in the doctor's office and we were at the therapist and we were at the massage person and we were complaining about texting drivers mm-hmm. and, and we're not negative people, right. but we were complaining a lot. And suddenly <laughs> we realized how lucky we were that we were alive. We better start doing some things, you know? Yeah, that's a pretty quick turn, too, from being in a, in a serious accident like that, not having a lot of injuries, to jumping on a ship and heading out for 17 days. I, I applaud that. Uh, now, the book, it reads very uh, – it's like a daily journal. Did this come to you naturally? Because it's, it's very, like, matter-of-fact, and it seems like stream-of-consciousness writing. You know, um, I've done a lot of writing in my life. I've made, I've made my living writing for magazines and newspapers, and I know that organization is important so that the reader, you know, gets the story. But um, I, I wanted people to really experience what, what a cruise was like. You know, I wanted them to get that hot, delicious uh, uh, breakfast served in their room and the fragrant coffee, and I wanted them to know what it was like during the day and what it was like going ashore. And the best way to do that, I thought, was just to take them along with us every day. We did something different every day, 
and uh, it was interesting and it was fun. So I thought that was the best way to write the book, and we've been getting great responses to it. So I, I, I think it's a good good pattern. Yeah, for sure. You mentioned you were a travel writer, uh, or a writer rather. Uh, what was Al's background, your husband? My husband's a retired engineer, and I'll tell you a funny story of being on the cruise. Um, whenever I had a chance to talk to another woman, I would say to her, what what caused you to actually take a Panama Canal cruise? Mm-hmm. And without, without exception, she would point to her husband and she'd say, he's a retired engineer <laughs> yeah. and he want, he's always dreamed of going through the Panama Canal. I think it's, one of the, I think it's a guy thing, too. It, it is a guy thing. But I must say this, for all the women who went through it, we were, we were blown away at the wonder of the Panama Canal, how those huge locks open, how these huge ships get into those little chambers and are lifted 85 feet up in the air and go across the lake and 85 feet down into the other, other ocean. And um, there was only about 20 inches, maybe less than that, on each side of our boat, when mm-hmm. we, our ship, when we got into the, the locks. It was just an amazing experience. With your husband, Al, being a retired engineer, what was his reaction? Oh, he was running up and down from, this, <laughs> from, from deck to deck, taking pictures. He's a photographer now, taking pictures, looking this way, looking that way. You should see, we had, what did we end up with, 2,000 pictures or something when we got back? <laughs> wow. Oh, and let me tell you this. Uh-huh. I think the most fascinating part of going through the canal was that we, in our huge ship, it was 82,000 tons we went through that canal exactly the way the first ship went through in 1914. There were no computers. It's all run by gravity and electricity. And the electricity is produced by the canal itself, by the dams that they've built. So everything is self-sufficient, and it's run by gravity and electricity. It was just fascinating. Did you get a chance to check out the new Panama Canal that's being built? Well, they're building a new lock over to the side, a bigger and newer lock to accommodate bigger ships. Mm-hmm. Um, but we didn't, I didn't see it, no. I was focused on our little, on our Panama Canal. I didn't yeah. see it. Whenever, uh, whenever you made your passage through the canal there, did you uh, anchor in Lake Gatun and get to do any excursions or anything? No, just no we, we went a full transit from the Pacific to the Atlantic, and it, we started before sunup. Uh, we were down on the bow. They opened the bow to passengers before sunrise, and it took us from about 7 in the morning when we actually entered the first lock until a little after 3 in the afternoon wow. when we left and went around, and the next stop was Columbia. So. Did you have a balcony cabin? Well, yes, we did, yeah. By the end of the ship, by the end of the cruise, we did have a balcony cabin due to some dramatic problems mm-hmm. uh, in our cabin. But uh, we started out with an inside cabin. We, we aren't real wealthy, and we thought we'd rather spend our money on other things mm-hmm. than the cabin, and so we started out with an inside cabin, but we ended up with a balcony. The book, Cruising Panama's Canal, was a collaboration between your husband, Al, and yourself. Did you find it difficult working together? Well, it was an interesting uh, working together, mm-hmm. because all Al was interested in was eating desserts and writing about them. <laughs> so <Typical laughs> he's guy. got a sweet tooth. I'm a health nut, so... Um, 
it was very interesting. Um, he just all he did was uh, taste test and describe and write about desserts, and his writing is hilarious. <laughs> it's very funny. I'm a I'm a journalist, so I I'm working on getting every fact correct, and he is flying off in hyperbole talking about chocolate cake with raspberry sauce and satcher tarts, and I mean <laughs> you, you just can't believe how much fun he had, and that was his role. Uh, in writing the book was desserts, and also uh, he wrote a large chapter on going through the canal. Well, you and Al may, my next question I have for you, you and Al's uh, answer may differ, so I'm going to ask you, uh, what would you say the best part of the cruise was, uh, the cruise, the food, the entertainment, or the journey itself? I'll tell you, I loved it all. Mm -hmm. I loved absolutely everything. It couldn't have been better, but the focus of the cruise was the canal, and I do believe that was the most special thing, was going through the Panama Canal in exactly the same way the first ship had gone through. Yeah. Was that the, uh, would you say that was the purpose of your book, to uh, kind of highlight you know, cruising Panama's canal? Yes, to give people information about this amazing engineering feat. I mean, it's the greatest engineering feat of the 20th century, and it changed the globe. Mm-hmm. It separated two continents. It changed our globe. We were talking off mic, and you were saying that you don't really cruise that often, uh, but do you plan on cruising again in the future? Oh, we certainly do. We've got a very nice cruise lined up uh, for this October. We went through the Panama Canal in October of 2012, and this October we're doing a Mediterranean cruise. Oh, nice. So, Sonny, what's been the biggest surprise to you in riding cruising Panama's Canal, savoring 5,000 nautical miles and 500,000 decadent calories? What's been the most surprising for Al and me is the response that readers have had to the book. You know, we just wrote the book to share our story, but the, the comments that readers have been leaving online and at Amazon.com, or they can get the book, I think we've had 30 reviews so far, and 20 of them have said things like, after reading this book, I want to go on a cruise, or after reading this book, I want to call my travel agent. I want to take the Panama Canal cruise. I want to cruise with Al and Sonny. I mean, it's been so surprising that the readers have loved the book enough that they're thinking about taking the cruise themselves. There you go. You can have an Al and Sunny theme cruise, cruising the <laughs> cruising something, cruising the Mediterranean next. Uh, you can line that up. Yeah, maybe, yeah. Maybe get a little, get a little side business there. Yeah, come <laughs> cruise with us. Uh, you know, this is kind of off subject, but some people say that Holland America is uh, just for the older crowd. Now, I cruise Holland America a lot. Uh, how would you respond to that? Well, you know, this particular cruise did have an older group. I mean, it was twenty days if you got on in British Columbia. We mm-hmm. got on in. San Francisco. So it was 17 days in October. So I would, I mean, not too many young people with kids could take that cruise. So the, the cruise we were on was an older group. I'd say most of the people were over 50. Well, we can get your book, Cruising Panama's Canal, on Amazon, as you said. Uh, is there any other place we can find it? It's on a, uh, an online bookstore called Longitude. Um, that's Books for Travelers. So you can get it at Amazon or at Longitude. Very good. We'll also link to the Amazon link at cruiseradio.net. Just check out the show notes. We've been talking with Sunny Lockwood. Her husband, Al, wasn't able to join us today, but we, uh, we really were very happy to have you with us today, Sunny, on the show. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. It was a pleasure. 
If you missed any part of the show or want to hear more, go to cruiseradio.net and click on radio channel or go to iTunes and search Cruise Radio. Follow us on Twitter at Cruise Radio. This segment brought to you by LuggageForward.com. To experience doorstep to stateroom luggage delivery, visit LuggageForward.com. Use promo code CRUISERADIO for 5% off your first booking. We always like getting your listener questions. If you have one, you can email us at comments at cruiseradio.net or do what Susan did and link up with us on Facebook, facebook.com slash cruiseradio. And Susan, I do apologize. Uh, you sent this like a month ago and I'm just now seeing it. My family is traveling on Carnival Sunshine in September. I'm wondering what is the best way to get from the Orlando airport to the ship with the best price. Also, what is the number one thing you think a family should do on Carnival Sunshine? I have two boys, one seven and one nine years old. Doug, we've, we've had the opportunity of sailing on Carnival Sunshine uh, a few times. You really love that ship, Doug. Uh, yeah, 28 <laughs> nights on it. <laughs> but, um, you know, as far as the first part of the question, uh, you know, there, there are, I mean, you could do it through the cruise line, but considering it sounds like, you know, you've got a nice uh, tribe of people, you may want to just uh, look at uh, doing the transfer yourself. I'd go on Google and put uh, Transportation Orlando Airport to Port Canaveral. And you'll find more information with more options than you can, uh, uh, you know, shake a stick at. Uh, Mirrors uh, is is a very reputable company, and they all pick you up in the same place. And it might be less expensive to do the four of you together up and back than taking the cruise lines transfers. Yeah, I think now, the cruise far- lines like forty something dollars uh, each way. I think. I, I believe you're correct. Yeah. The number one thing the family should do on Carnival Sunshine, well, I'd say, have fun. <laughs> yes, totally. There's it really is. To it really is a fun ship. Uh, I will tell you that uh, your your seven and nine year old will have a lot of fun on the ropes course. Uh, the water park is is terrific. They've got terrific entertainment. The ship is just uh, it, it's a lot of fun. So let the boys that you know enjoy the, uh, the the kids program that they've got on board, um, but also the the pools, the water parks, the ropes courses. There's just so many uh, fun activities on board. And, and definitely try all the specialty restaurants. But um, the number one thing, have fun. It's a, it's a, it really is a fun ship. If you have a question for Stuart, shoot us an email, comments at cruiseradio.net, or ask us on Facebook, facebook.com slash cruiseradio. You can find him at cruiseguy.com. Thank you, Stuart. My pleasure, Doug. That'll do it for this episode of Cruise Radio. Thank you so much for making us a part of your day. We definitely couldn't be here without you. Uh, If you'd like to give us a review, head to cruiseradio.net slash iTunes. A review would be greatly appreciated. Uh, And uh, once again, thanks in advance for that. Be sure to check us out on Facebook, facebook.com slash cruiseradio. Also, Twitter and Instagram, both under cruiseradio, all uh, one word there. From the insuremytrip.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida, I'm Doug Parker, and this is Cruise Radio. Cruise Radio is produced weekly at the insuremytrip.com studios. Hear Cruise Radio on iHeartRadio, the Stitcher Radio Network, Overseas Radio Network, iTunes, or at cruiseradio.net. For sales and marketing opportunities, email sales at cruiseradio.net. I'm your announcer.